Hello there, crypto friends, and welcome back to another episode of the New Blocks. We're here with another Zero X on this beautiful Friday afternoon. It is 21-1111, a beautiful date for our Zero X here. Kevin, it feels good to be back. We're fresh from New York. I'm still feeling a little bit under the weather. You can probably hear that I'm a little bit stuffed up. I don't quite have that same vocal chocolate as usual, but it's okay. We're going to push through. Um, Kevin, how are you, buddy? Welcome back to the show, New York in the books. NFT NYC is all done. Yeah, I had a great time. Uh, we got to hanging a couple times. We went to a few Axie events there. I, uh, you know, I it was interesting being both something of an of a subject matter expert at like crypto at large, but something of an uh, a crypt of an Axie noob at the events. <laughs> so I felt both in and out of my element simultaneously. How do you I, feel? I feel you there. Um, did you actually go to the conference? Because I didn't. I, I no. just did socializing and, and meetings and things around it. So yeah, the event was awesome for me. I mean, I, I was the bell of the ball. You know, Axie is, is the hot shit. And a lot of people wanted to talk to us. And it ended up being really convenient to just hang out in the Lower East Side, invite people over to our little makeshift New York office. And we just did a lot of meetings out of there. And then we focused on the nightlife where there were a number of different Axie meetups, the Wednesday event where they were doing the live Axie chat. We did the Axie rally slash axie rave on thursday um there was some kind of private event on tuesday or monday that uh, a couple of the mystic holders put together so uh, there, there was a lot to do um and of course there were plenty of other social events for all the nf other nfts out there like the cyber kongs and the apes and all these others that have some overlap with the axie community as well yeah my company did an event i ended up leaving prior to that i think it was like thursday and I ended up going to some random gallery. I went to a few galleries. I, went, I looked at the events list just to see what was around. And I didn't get tickets, but, you know, during the day, I kind of wanted to, like, see some NFTs. So went to one gallery that I got there, and it was, like, six monitors with some NFTs on the wall. And there was zero people there. So I was like, all right, I'll head out. And Not then cool. <laughs> the other one we went to, it was, like, a bit bumping. There was... Um, it was in Brooklyn. There was it was pretty packed in there, but I mean, I was only there for a short period of time. Also, you know, some monitors. Uh, I think four of the the NFTs turned into Windows screensavers by the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was it was still cool. It was cool hanging out with people. You know, you, you have the level playing field of knowledge about the space and you can just kind of jump into a conversation with anyone. Yeah, the the NFTs back into the physical art space is kind of a weird one where I think it can make sense sometimes when you're talking about like an homage, you know, I could imagine yeah. like a, a sculpture or some sort of 3D sort of representation of my mystic or something like that. And that is technically an NFT in the physical space. But I, like the idea of it's an art gallery and the whole art gallery are just screens where you're looking at different NFTs that aren't particular like an ape for example it's cool art but you don't really get any benefit from that medium of going to the museum and seeing it on this screen like it's no better on it's not like some kind of experience where for like EDM music uh, or, or like raves or something you don't have those kind of speakers at your house right I can't play music that loud here so I'm actually benefiting from that experience right or like IMAX yeah. you know you get to experience something in a way you just can't do at home even if you have like a 50 inch TV so um, it, it doesn't make sense to me yet. I think you probably could do some really cool, like, you know, VR, like physical installations that also have an NFT element. I mean, I think it's still underexplored for sure, but in its current form, I can't say I really get it there, bud. 
Yeah, it's it's it, we're still in the awkward, awkward teenage years, you know, not even teenage. <laughs> like yeah. We're still in our adolescence with NFTs, but it was still cool, you know, hanging out with people and just. Uh, oh, it, yeah, dude. I ran into what was it? The um, Meta Factory truck. They were giving out T-shirts and stuff. So it's like this DAO that uh, creates and sells merch for other DAOs. So that was that was a cool conversation. Um and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I went to a Chainlink conf, uh, uh, like oh, networking no event. Got Dude. to talk to some of the Chainlink people. I got Chainlink. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I was asking them about, at my job, I'm working on building better pathways and better tools for developers to move their applications to layer two. So things like um, making it easy for them to put a bridge in their application or um you know figuring out how i can make you know get more of the ecosystem onto layer two to hopefully bring down some of these gas fees and so i was asking them about how might we use something like Chainlink uh as kind of a potential bridge options between uh layer one and layer two and they mm. they are working on something it is from my understanding very early days so probably a, at least a year or so out so mm -hmm. not a not anything that i can help yeah you know, push out to the masses right this moment but anyway good conversation i'm noticing this weird trend where i often say like 90 percent of crypto sucks right but the 10 percent that's awesome is the 10 percent that's going to change the world i've noticed this trend where that 10 percent seems to move very methodically it reminds me of that movie idiocracy a little bit you know the the 10 percent are the ones that aren't having babies they're very thoughtful they're going to finish that degree first they want to launch a project yep. you know they How have can we have a kid in today's market yeah exactly and the other 90 percent are just like you know they're, they're having babies as quickly as possible they're just cloning exchanges they're just pumping tokens dude poly whale poly cat poly mammoth poly dicks you name it you got it dude you can poly it because it's basically free man you just keep copying and pasting it and uh, yep. it does make you wonder a little bit um i don't know i, I guess i, I still don't know what to do with those thoughts yeah i hadn't considered that but yeah i mean i think the the hope is that we get to a place where it is just with a, a higher level of education it's unfortunate where every single time i meet a newcomer entering the space who's like hey what do you think of this coin and it's always a shit coin it's always like something that's very clearly yeah. just either a scam or just total garbage um i i'm ho i'm looking forward to the point where those conversations are like hey what do you think of oracles like what do you think of wow and i know that's gonna be a little while the fuck but... out of here dude just nerdy asshole <laughs> Man, over here it's like, i can't wait till the average person is like man calculus is awesome this is right, gonna be so cool you might be right. Oracles are awesome, and they're like that kind of invisible layer that everybody forgets about. They're doing the thankless heavy lifting, but like, dude, yeah, th that's never going mainstream. That's like okay. the the unsexy work that is is really hard yeah. to. I, yeah. It is fair to say that when the first users, when my grandmom used the internet to, you know. <laughs> Yeah. You, to video stream it's uh -huh. not like she was she needed to know about tcp ip or like any of the video protocols that were happening underneath so yes. it is fair to say that the average person doesn't need to know about oracles yes but still Chainlink is cool uh, it's it's been doing yeah. pretty well i'm feeling excited about it um i gotta say though one group that turned up hard the bored apes man uh there was like an eye axia lo love around new york but there were a lot of apes there and apparently like they yeah. literally got a yacht like they lived up to the full brand where they were bored apes yacht club 
on a fucking yacht. Now, here's the problem, Kevin. Okay. There's yeah. 10,000 apes, and the yacht only had room for 1,000 human beings. So, Uh-oh. like, what's the, the unique ape holdership? They... Like, 4,000, 5,000? And I don't know if you saw many of them, but they have really specific gear. It's like simplistic. It's like black hoodies, but it has the, the yeah. ape logo. Um, yeah, I saw like them queued stuff. up to get the tickets for the. Uh, the yacht, oh, dude, it was it was wild. Apparently, the it yacht is. was insane. I was on O'Shiny's show on uh, on Twitter Spaces the morning after, and um, yes, everyone seemed they sounded like they had had a rough night in a good way. If that makes sense. <laughs> it it is pretty wild. I didn't expect. I, I don't know. It's. I was talking about this last night with someone, and it makes me think about. Um, the like economics of something like that differently. So you could think of it like right now, the floor for apes is something astronomical. It's like 30, $150,000 or something. Um, so yeah. So you have this, it's 30. Yeah. 30. Yeah. Okay. So it's this group 5.8 K unique holders and it's a 10 K collection. Yeah. So you have this group of, people that got into uh, an NFT batch, whatever launch uh, series early, they attracted enough other people that pumped the price of it up. And now a lot of these people have just like 100x their money. Of course, they're still holding on to their apes and, you know, they don't realize those gains until they sell them. But if these apes are basically worth 150,000 it's this like weird thing where you know some of the early adopters they might have bought five or six apes uh they could just sell one of them and like rent the yacht for the next party um uh, it's just it's really wild and um I, I i was wondering like how does something like this continue what does this look like longer term uh, mm. is this something where there's just this like astronomical drop in value or people just kind of like all try to exit at the same time? Is it something where um, it, so it kind of persists and I think you're continue? missing part, some of the key points here where you're, you're almost yeah. making that fallacy where you're trying to apply technical analysis to a system that's not really beholden to it. Like apes aren't stocks. They don't really behave right. that way. It's more of like um, a, like a golf club or like, um, like uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? And it's not golf club, but like the, the club uh, that your you mean, rich grandparents are part of. The, the yacht like a country club. club. Yeah, country club. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. This is like the country club of NFTs. And it's like there's different tiers of prestige when it comes to country club. This is like really high up there. And my timeline isn't great because I was just getting into Axie. Like, you know, I did apes drop what, like April of this year? That was like right as I was getting into Axie. So, yeah. you know, I didn't really have the bandwidth to process other NFTs or be like a big part of it. But I think apes were, it, it, it wasn't just that they got pu- pumped up. They were one of these earlier movers in terms of like the 10K with the generative art and having like the lasers Definitely. and the, the gold. And like, I don't want to say they invented it. I, that's probably hyperbolic. But they, they were early compared to a lot of these other collections that we look at now, given that it's November. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that the success of like both punks and apes, the, the generative art aspects of it, 
is what led to a lot of the random things that we're seeing now. Yes. Like I think a lot of people have copied the board ape yacht club. So yeah, I think on a broader level, like in aggregate, that's fair to ask, like how many country clubs do we need? Um, and it is kind of a weird question where like, as more platforms want to start integrating NFTs to actually become verifiable profile pictures that have rarity and scarcity and value that way, like Twitter, isn't just a picture of a punk, but if you have that as your profile, it's actually a punk that's on the blockchain. That's that's a whole new use case, right? So then all of a sudden, mainstream is a huge audience. Like 10K is really not very many. 10,000 right. of these things. Um, so how many clones can there be that are meaningful? Like I just bought a degenerate, what is it? Degenerate ape wife, you know? So it's like the cheap, like the female version to the bored apes. And right. I mean, the floor is like way lower. So it's an entry point. And the community is very like, we're a real community. It's not just another pump. Like we actually, you know... Okay, how, how many of these 10,000 person like we're a real community can exist and actually live up to that definition of whatever a right. real community is? Um, but there's also fucking like, what, 8 billion people out there, man? I don't know. That's a lot of 10,000 person communities. So you, I feel like you can argue it both ways. It reminds me of the old business uh, thought experiment. Um, can are, are there ever enough hair cutteries? Can that market actually ever be saturated? Like, yeah, there's a fuckload of like haircut places and it's it's like the simplest business model ever but at the same time literally every human except for a hand like a small percentage need haircuts on a regular basis so right. it's like a business that's sort of never ever going to go out of style unless humans somehow stop having hair um, yeah I, I i like that, that framing i mean i think one of one of the things that is easy to forget about is just the sheer size of the economy when you're referring to something that is global i mm -hmm. think it's easy to think within the bubbles of you know, the state that you live in the country that you live in but when you're talking about the internet it's something that anyone with access to the internet can buy i think another thing that is not always top of mind is just like the 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 mental thing the shift that happens where w once you hold on to a thing it kind of becomes part of your identity and mm -hmm. it's like something that you're kind of proud of and that is going to push people to hold a, a token or a, an nft a, an ape or any profile picture to a value that they may not have initially purchased it at like if they bought right. it in at a hundred dollars um and held it all the way up to one hundred fifty thousand, that that's they may not be the same person that goes in and buys it at one hundred and fifty thousand mm dollars. -hmm. So, yeah, it's a lot of these things are wild. either a bet on the founders or the general idea of it. Or sometimes it's this first mover advantage. And I think that definitely plays a role here. But it's really not about the image. Like even if you read their basic description, your board eight doubles as your yacht club membership card and grants access to members only benefits. The first of which is access to the bathroom, a collaborative graffiti board, future areas and perks can be unlocked by the community through roadmap activation. Check out our website. So it's framed in that very like, Hey, this is Dow esque. It doesn't claim to be a Dow, but it has that like, Hey, let's come up with a shared mission and let's execute on that thing. Um, and they're framing it like, Hey, this is a members only thing. So when you think about the crypto world, $150,000 for a lifetime membership to like what is for the foreseeable future, one of the like coolest NFT clubs, I say that with uh, air quotes, um, it kind of makes sense, right? Is that really that like, what do the yeah. richest people in the world pay for their country? What does Trump pay for his country club? All right, probably nothing now, right. but 
more than 150,000, right? When you frame it that way, it's really not that yeah. crazy at all. It's interesting too, because it, it, for something like the, uh, the party that just happened, you could theoretically go buy an ape, go to the party, go sell it. And you've just gone to a party for free if you can sell it for the same price. I mean, I, I might be hand waving quite a bit here, but it is one of those where the demand it has persisted. Uh, and and mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, uh, board apes are pretty wild. And I think just things like it, I, I, I like to think about um, just that general premise of a of a token gated community. I think friends with benefits is another one that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, where you buy a token and you kind of have access and, and now anyone within that community is incentivized to bring some value to that community, make it kind of a neat place to be to one, just have a good time. But then two, also like selfishly, uh, they're holding the token. They want this to become more valuable. And so when you have an entire community that is incentivized to try to increase the value of the place uh, and you can do neat stuff. Yeah, no, totally. And it was amazing to be able to see that community in person in NYC. Unfortunately, the con cough was real. And uh, there were a number of people that did test positive for COVID. Both of us tested yeah. negative. So that's that, that's yep. good. Uh, but I, I definitely did walk away with some some common cold, although I was chatting with somebody this morning. And I was like, I don't know if you can really be into like, going to a rave and also be really picky about germs, you know, like that they're just sort of two sides of the same spectrum in some ways. Yeah. Especially having been inside for a year and a half, I think we're all going to uh, pretty much get sick every time we walk out True. the front door. I, I'm now thinking of conventions as, as scheduled illness moving yeah. forward. But you know, when, when you see these communities manifest in real life like that, it really does, at least to me, reinforce, reinforce this URL to IRL kind of thing where we disrupt digital, but it does come back to physical because we're still not ready to just be 100% like in the Wally future where we're just plugged into the metaverse all the time. Like we all enjoy yeah. the metaverse in spurts or sprints rather, but um, having real life connection and a partner and like shared goals in real life and you know, part of the reason we care about crypto is because there's like real world asset accumulation that's also tied to it. You could cash it out and buy a house or buy a yacht or buy a car or whatever. Like that's obviously a big part of its value. So um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe this like some of it feels like this is kind of the evolution of social tokens a little bit, though. You know, yeah. like this is a social club. And instead of it being a social token around one person, it's like this standalone entity that's bigger than any one actor, even though there are obviously a bunch of founders that just have, you know, whatever, probably another 500 apes just chilling, just sitting right. in the bank, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 one of those things that I think Bored Apes in particular feels like it is engineered to make people feel FOMO about it. And that kind of has some yeah. actual real world impact and not necessarily in a bad way. I think just the general premise of like any sort of exclusive club has that effect. But now we can build this in an entirely new models. Well, it's easier um, to brag about too, right? Because you get to put it on your profile. It's another yeah. part of like NFTs. That I think a lot of haters don't understand. I realized that being in a bunch of meetings with Jeff for the last 10 days, he often introduces himself to people as I'm an investor, I'm a collector, and I'm a gamer, you know? And it's like, huh, there's a whole group of people out there that identify as like, yeah, I'm a collector. Like that's, that's part of my hobby. And he often segues to say when he was a kid, he had a bug collection. Like I think his dad mm -hmm. did something with bugs. So he's like, you know, it doesn't have to be valuable, but that idea of like having the complete set or finding every beetle and like cataloging it, 
that's my shit. I got all my Pokemon cards. You know, anything I've ever collected, I still have stored away somewhere in some way, uh, some place. Um, but the only way you can share that is to pull it out of storage or brag about it. And this digital future, man, it's like, hey, look at my pro. I can just link you this new thing. And the brag is right there, you know? Yeah, I think Gary V made a very concise argument for that point, which was basically prior to NFTs and blockchains, um, we have the the outward image that we put for ourselves in the real world, whether it's like posts on Instagram, um, uh, you know, Twitter. At most of our outward image is already pretty digital, right? Like mm -hmm. it is the the percentage of the time that you're interacting with people has increased uh, over the last uh, decade, uh, where just your you are experienced by the world in a more digital way. And so when you can mm -hmm. then express yourself digitally, you, that's, that's an entirely new, uh, new facet, a, a new yeah. medium for you to kind of show off what you're into. Totally. Yeah, so, I got some, some, uh, news here. Okay. I, uh, I, I bought my first axes. I couldn't go to, okay. couldn't go to NFT NYC Axie events without owning some axes. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you realized that. I remember the, especially the second was uh, maybe it was the first party we went to, the one that was like in the 18th floor of that building. The dude yeah. who threw that party, I, it was a pretty private event. So I asked him, like, "Hey, can I invite one of my friends? You know, he's on my podcast. I told him that you work for a Consensus, and he got super excited about it. And like 10 minutes later, he's like, "Is he coming? You better tell him to get up here. I want to talk to this guy." <laughs> so I, I didn't even realize necessarily how intense the Axie energy was going to be. So I'm very glad you were equipped to at least be able to be like, yeah, I got a couple Axies, you know, I'm in it. Because uh, <laughs> you would have felt like an extra fish out of water around that crew, I think. Because they're very, yeah, they love to talk about their collect, their, their uh, awesome collectibles, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's like I was saying earlier, I, I still got to feel like a, a little bit of a fish out of water, but I, I knew what was going on to some degree. Yeah, uh, yeah. so I, I bought a couple. So what did you uh, go for? Did you pick up battle axes? Did you go for like rare collectibles? You get some Japanese or what's the... I got, I got a Japanese one. Uh, I think I sent you on Discord if you wanted to pull it up. Uh, the first one that I got, oh, I, I haven't changed the names on two of them. First one I got's name is Plantito. <laughs> and he's got some Japanese trait, uh, Kawaii. And the the thing that I found interesting, I bought this on uh, on Halloween. I had to go with a pumpkin on his back for Halloween. Um, so that I decided to make that the thing that I was going for in my team. Okay. I found all three axes with pumpkins on their back, uh, and I'm calling wow. them the pumpkin patch. That's my crew. All right. Well, so that's pretty cool. As a quick, that's, that's uh, one way you can do it. <laughs> a quick rundown. So the the first one you bought is pretty cool. Plantito's all right. Point one oh seven, not bad. Tell me about my axes. Um, yeah. Kawaii, obviously, like you said, this is Japanese, so it is it is a rare. It's a collectible. Don't really have to worry about him being kind of funky in terms of battle, but uh, <clears throat> Kawaii is terror chomp, and that is one of the better better abilities right now. Nutcracker Guardian. This was one away. Whoever sold this to you was really happy to have gotten rid of this thing. Um, so this <laughs> a is good a way. It's a polite way to put it. Yeah, this is a beast, and beasts really like to. They're just damage. That they're like they can got be it. energy batteries or big damage. And he got five out of six. The Nutcrackers are huge damage. The Imp is good, and then normally you'd want Ronin on the back, the combo card that gives you a guaranteed crit. But instead, you have Pumpkin, possibly the the most polar opposite to Ronin 
Uh, pumpkin is just a straight brick wall ability, so really not what you want on your beast. Uh, got it, got it. Good but he's really cute. Really, what really cute. What about Tonk over here? So Tonk, um, this guy's all over the place. This is like a true <laughs> amalgam axie. Um, nice. What, so it's an aquatic, but it's got all sorts of different parts here. So Pumpkin, Razor Bite, Shoal Star, Hatsune. Shoal just got nerfed and is in a pretty bad spot. Uh, Hatsune is pretty good. It's got some nice utility. Heal this axie by damage inflicted uh, aquatic targets. Yeah, uh, another one where Pumpkin doesn't really do too much with this guy, but um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll give it a shot. I, I download cool. the app. I'm gonna play it. Gonna so, so you bought a couple of floor axes. Um, yeah, I bought some floor axes. I think I want to give it a shot, play the game, see how terrible this is with my Pumpkin patch, and then maybe buy. I can some tell you for ones. sure, buddy, that literally no one runs Triple Pumpkin. Uh, All right, like, well that like, makes it unique. Literally, like. no one. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> So you're saying there's a chance, yeah. Um, <laughs> gonna be interesting. I would, I, right. I think maybe just sticking to the Japanese ones might have been, sorry, but yeah, they were well, cheap, got, so that's good. I got one. Yeah, they were all relatively cheap. So, so this is what you're preparing for, okay? You know, you get more energy when you have more than is it nine axes. So you buy okay. some for a team, then you get some floor axes to kind of fill in a little bit. So okay, maybe uh, I start them out as a as the full pumpkin patch, and then I separate them over time and just fit them in with other teams. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I see these two really choppy ones you bought, Tonk and the Nutcracker Guardian. Uh, they're both zero breeds, and generally, uh, new users make that same mistake of like classic. Hey, I'm gonna buy these and breed. Like, like, look at the purchase history on this thing. It makes absolutely no sense uh, to me. So if you scroll all the way down, like the Nutcracker Guardian. Yeah, in yeah. July, so I know ETH moved in prices, but somebody sold it for 0.25. Whoa, yeah. And then somebody bought it and sold it for a loss of 0.03. Then somebody sold it for I a gain it. of 0.025. Oh. And then it sat there forever. And then somebody bought it for 0.03 and then sold it to you for a 0.006 ETH profit. Big hey. money right there. Dude. Big flipping. That guy. The Nutcracker Guardian. That guy, man. I guess uh, with free transactions on Ronin, that's actually, that's not bad, dude. That's Money's money. Zero, zero, six ETH. Well done. Yeah. Well, good well, job, buddy. I'm glad that I'm you're excited. finally in. Do you have any AXS, though? That's the real question. Are I do. On the I, okay. Not only do I have AXS, I have experienced the thrill of uh, Katana, dude. the new decks. Pretty cool. Huh? When, Pretty when cool, Ron... Huh? Now, Ron. So I'm curious, what what do you think about Ron, dude? The multifold. What do you think about the plan to distribute it this way? It, does this classify for you as a, a fair launch in terms of um, it just being like market value assessed instead of being like a presale or an ICO? Yeah. Um, yeah. Typically, I think I, when one of the first projects that really got popular with the term fair launch was yearn and so um yearn or wyern they did a similar thing where it was uh a, a new protocol and the new uh why yfi token it, the only way to get it was to go provide liquidity uh and and use the protocol so even the founder the person who wrote all the code didn't give themselves any extra and just put some money in there just like anyone else um so that that really defines kind of what a fair launch would be um so yes i, I would say that if if that kind of matches that description then i i, I think this is where um th there's some there's some nuance i think 
when you talk about uh, VCs in the crypto world, there's a lot of backlash. I think people see uh, venture capital funding as a generally like uh, anti-crypto thing. I don't think that it necessarily needs to be. I think it's everything requires, um, you know, it, it's a spectrum like anything else. Uniswap launched with venture capital funding and it's mm -hmm. still sort of established some community love. But um, yeah, I, I, what uh, what have you seen about the Katana launch? Like how, how much liquidity is getting pulled in there? How are people thinking about it? It's a good question. I should actually pull up. Uh, oh yeah, there's uh, Let's the stats grab the analytics website. Here. Uh, but it was a very smooth launch overall. We're at 1.28 billion in uh, locked liquidity right now. 24-hour volume at about 70 mil, 60 mil, somewhere in there. Uh, we had our big day, day two. We did 163 million. Excuse me. Oh gosh, in volume. Um, last 24 hours, 209,000 in fees and 65,000 transactions. So I, is that good? You tell me. You know numbers better than I do, big, man. I mean, big numbers. I feel like anyone hears big numbers, and they're like, that sounds big. Uh, I'd have to compare that to something else, but it sounds like a, a sounds successful good. launch for yeah. the Dex. <laughs> I mean, I... Like, this uh, is a very long-awaited uh, Dex, and I think Yeah, so there, there's excited. only three pools. There's AXS and Rapdeath. There's SLP yep. and Rapdeath, and then there's USDC and Rapdeath. So... Uh, all those pairs, of course, let you swap in between any of the three pretty easily. And uh, it's still free in terms of your 100 Ronin transactions per day. Uh, so there is a limit on it. It's not limitless free transactions, but you can still just swap stuff around um, to your heart's content. So the real kicker here, though, is that the only way to get this Ron token, short for Ronin, and this is going to be like ETH is to Ethereum, as Ron is to Ronin. Like, this is like Matic is to Polygon. You know, this is the, the token that fuel like BNB on BSC. This is like the gas that, you know, powers the whole blockchain. So, for example, if there yeah. were another game that launched on Ronin and you had to pay gas to do transactions, you would, you would pay that in Ron tokens. So, that, that's the purpose of Ron. That's what it's going to be used for. So, so far, that's part of why you're getting free transactions right now. You don't have to pay any Ron because you'd have to have Ron to be able to pay for it. So, we give it to you for free until we were ready to distribute it. So, now the only way you can get it. Uh, is by doing the pair staking, uh, which of course opens you up to risk in terms of impermanent loss. But uh, each pool gets 555,000 wrapped RON per day. And at some point in the future, I think that date's out there, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, there'll be a date when those can be unwrapped and then they'll be able to be sold on the open market and we'll see what RON is actually worth. So right now, it's one of those weird times where people are staking and farming and you're getting this token that is just locked on this protocol. You can't claim right. it yet. You can't list it yet. So it's all speculative what the token's actually going to be worth. And I've heard everything from $0.50 cents to $5 to $50. And... Uh, I'm I'm really not sure, but I'll tell you what, man. I keep moving AXS out of my single token staking pool to hop in here. I uh, bought another 100k SLP today and threw it in the pool. I'm uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I, know if Ron's going to be awesome or not, but I want to ride the ride, baby. Yeah, I, it's definitely exciting. I think uh, I'm I'm curious to hear your perspective on um, the sort of like now there's two options right you you can either single asset stake axs or mm -hmm. provide liquidity in um katana so 
these are going to in some ways compete um, yes. for for liquidity. Um, have you had conversations about that? Because I mean, like this is you know this is kind of par for the course whenever um, you have like multiple options for users. But in the case mm -hmm. of Ronin, I think maybe it, because it's like its own feels like a, a, a smaller community. And, and right now it's a, uh, yeah. How do you think about um, the fact that those are like, would you say that that's like self cannibalizing? I don't know if that's I mean, the right word. I think it options are isn't. good. Generally speaking, right. options are limited in the Axie universe. That's part of the bottleneck of being an alpha now with all these product rollouts, like the mobile wallet just came out also. So we're yeah. getting there. You know, we're probably closer to like 15 or 16% deployed in terms of the universe. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to put exact numbers on that kind of stuff. What percent is the decks worth relative to land gameplay or something? I don't know. We're kind of just right. making up numbers. But um, yeah, we're, we're still like probably less than a quarter deployed. I could say that pretty confidently. So in my mind, having options is good. That improves the game theory of the system. And you can see it in you know, some of the discords and some of the private conversations where people are really trying to min-max the system, but you're min-maxing around a token that you haven't been able to figure out its definitive worth yet. It has no market value. So uh, right. there will be a point in the pretty near future where you'll just be able to compare the APRs and go, well, single token staking, 150% APR. i Every 24 hours, I restake, and that's kind of the compounding to it. That feels amazing. There's basically no risk there because it's just a single token. It's not a pair. Um, you'll be able to compare that, and then Ron will probably be a higher APR, but then you have the you know impermanent loss that you always got to factor in. So honestly, single token staking will probably be a better value proposition for the average user, but um, it's, it's hard to say right now, and I'm... I'm starting to wonder, I, because Ron is so speculative, I have a feeling it's going to be maybe overvalued when it's sold on the open market um, and then kind of come back down to reality once it has time to level out and people can do more, more maths on the system, let's say. You know, like more data right. will lead to more kind of certainty and get us to that sweet spot. So, Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, I think... It, does maybe, it matter, maybe, though, that it's self-cannibalizing a little bit? I don't think so. I yeah, mean, I do think, we care? I think self-cannibalizing is, is the wrong word. I think, if anything, maybe the way to frame it is that single-asset AXS staking is the sort of, like, the... Like, in the same way that bonds are seen as, like, the lower-risk, um, like, asset class that, yeah. that the rest of the market can kind of price itself off of, I think maybe that's what... Um, that's what AXS staking is. And then I think the, those, yeah, th those rewards yeah. will come down over time for the single token staking for sure. Right now, part of the reason why they're so high, um, there's, there's a couple reasons. I think when that math was done, uh, the, the forecasting was not so optimistic. So I don't think we necessarily allotted for being listed on every major exchange. Um, and you gotta, you gotta, remember how weird the dynamic with exchanges are and most tokens for 99% of tokens the power dynamic is completely in that of the exchange and all parties know the day it gets listed it's going to get this massive pump because it's just accessible to a whole new audience something like coinbase just has massive reach coinbase knows this and you know that's why they're so specific about who they work with and they can charge a premium for listing stuff because they know the token holders are going to end up making a lot of money off of the listing but the game theory shifts if you can actually crack the code and come up with a giant audience that has demand for your token, which is what happened with Axie. 
Coinbase didn't get some kind of like discounted pre-mine rate or something like that. Like they just had to buy a bunch at market value to handle their order book because that was all they could do. You know, the only other option is just don't list the token and don't service it. So um, yeah. the risk kind of cuts both ways. And in that case, like, um, yeah, they, they just had to pay market value. So that takes a lot more of those tokens out of, out of supply than otherwise would have been available if we weren't at the scale that we are and uh, weren't listed on so many exchanges. So I think that kind of stuff limited the supply and definitely it had the twofold effect of incre helping increase the price of AXS and then also increasing like the percentage return in terms of like, hey, this is a fixed amount of AXS we're giving back um, for staking rewards for whatever that opening sprint is. But all of it is just about getting stuff on Ronin, man. If we're getting liquidity yeah. on Ronin, we're happy. Once you're on, I don't really care what pool you're in. The fact that what matters is that you've got your wrapped ETH and your AXS uh, on our chain instead of one of the other ones. Yeah, and I mean, it just provides more options now for people that are playing the game. They don't have to drop right. down to layer one and just get absolutely obliterated with yeah. gas fees. But 150% so. APR for single token staking is actually bananas. Can't complain. I, I mean, that's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that, that's like sus level high. And again, I, I kind of just explained some of the factors that helped. It's, it's hard yeah. to forecast a growth of that magnitude. Again, we've said it so many times, but none of us ever expected to have over a million players before the end of 2021. We're at 2.5 million daily active users right now. So uh, again, good problem to have, but a problem nonetheless, Kevy. Sure. <laughs> well, it sounds like the team's been busy because not only did Katana come out this week, mm. something else came out. Dude, yeah, I, I mentioned it earlier, but just in passing, the mobile wallet for Ronin is finally out. So now there is an official way to use it on your phone. It's QR code scanning, and uh, that should open up uh, really a lot of possibilities for these smaller economies where we're seeing SLP um, actually be used as like a form of bartering. You know, people are just willing to trade SLP for goods or services. Um, that's kind of a cool thing. And now you can do that a little bit more accessibly through the mobile app, dude. Pretty cool. Yeah. You know, obviously, I'm now, not on the product team, so I had very little to do with this, but it seemed like it's uh, another pretty smooth product launch. I, I wonder how long can Apple and Google hold out not letting the axie apps in the app store like what what is the issue with that is it is it that they want their like 30 percent cut of everything is that um, the problem well i think that doesn't help but i think the bigger problem really comes down to refunds a lot of those okay. app stores like think about steam right part of the reason yeah. you buy games on steam is because you can return any game if you've played it for what less than two hours or something like they're, they have a very generous return policy uh, compared to Nintendo, for example, where if you buy a game on your Switch and you want to return it, they probably won't take the digital version back. At least, is it like a, a week or something? It's a really tight policy. I, yeah, I didn't even know that they uh, allowed for you to return it. Yeah, all right, pro probably not then. So, but with blockchain specifically, that's really hard. Like, how do you yeah. do returns in a meaningful way? Like, you can kind of simulate it by one of the parties just eating the cost where they get to like, keep the keep access to the axes because it's on their wallet and you just refund them the money but that seems like infinitely abusable that has huge civil issues like I, yeah. so you, you you can't that makes sense but i guess it's like any other return where yeah you get your money back if you send us the shoes so we don't just send you the money and hope you send us the shoes back like you got to send the shoes first so yeah send the axes back on the blockchain return them and then you get your money back so i i guess that is maybe 
po- yeah, but possible, but it's it's more nuanced. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, fit think, the cookie cutter like, oh, we'll just return the digital goods because it's just arbitrary. Returns for digital stuff is you just the, cut off access. What they probably want is like, you know, for starters, they they didn't write this policy with the blockchain in mind. Sure. Uh, yeah. Second, they probably want all transactions to essentially go through an escrow where, you know, someone, uh, some third party is really holding the the keys and that's not what this is really about so um yeah i, I kind of see why this is going to take a while i mean it does feel like and to the earlier point i'm sure there is the final piece that they want because it's in the app store they want a cut of everything that's happening and i i also wonder how long is that going to exist like when when smartphones first came out uh and you know, Apple did all of the work to build the operating system, to build this new platform for developers. It, it, it made sense, right? Like, we'll give them a kickback. Like, if if they hadn't built all of this infrastructure, we wouldn't be able to be creating these apps. We wouldn't be able to have this value passing along. Mm-hmm. Now I think of app stores as just like, that's just part of the internet. Like, that's just a, you're taking 30% off the top of, of internet value that's moving around. So uh, I, yeah, it I, doesn't translate. I wonder... Yeah, it doesn't. I, I wonder how long we are in this world of of app stores that are just taking like massive cuts off of everything. And I mean, is that yeah? I, I think so. And similarly to how you hear people say, like sometimes change is like generational, right? It's just like Gen yeah. Z sees things totally different than like the boomers, and once they're the boomers' age, like the world just looks different because you have this whole generation with a different lens. I think yeah. you, you'll see that internally at some of these giant tech companies as well. I've heard some inklings that there's still a lot of like internal selling that has to happen where you have some key people that are sold or sometimes it's like the CEO is sold, but he needs to sell the, the dinosaurs on the board. And it's like yeah. over time as more board seats get replaced with younger minds and that kind of stuff. Um, it just feels inevitable that we'll, we'll hit that tipping point. But as a side note, I mean, maybe you saw that the, the Discord CEO teased that they were working on some sort of Web3 integration, and he got blasted to all shreds on Twitter. Oh, yeah, and, uh, absolutely. He backed down and actually said that they're, it's just internal testing and they're not planning on deploying anything blockchain-related in the near future. So um, <sighs> they got cold feet, man. They got blasted pretty hard. It's kind of frustrating. I'm not going to lie. I understand there's the valid criticism of energy consumption and i believe that most of the people that are leaning on that criticism don't actually know that it is a very short-lived criticism i think they think that this is like because it's on a blockchain it's always going to be energy inefficient but then there's the the sort of rest which is really what i see more often of just like total uh disinterest in really learning about it just seeing other people saying that it's it's all scams and that it's all a pyramid scheme and that it's all this um like money grabbing thing and it's frustrating when you are in it and you know that's that there that those things do exist but that the the greater technology it's like it's like arguing that uh you know adopting email is a bad idea because all of the Nigerian princes uh, are are just they own that that whole platform. So like, don't even waste your time. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. 
No, totally. Uh, and, and we've seen it. It's this isn't unprecedented, right? A lot of new technology is like this. There's always these kind of doomsday theories that take hold, and people are kind of slow to change. And of course, there's people with vested interest in keeping things the way that they are because there's financial incentives there, right? But I, I've right. heard people say that about Warren Buffett before. You know, is he really anti crypto, right. or does he just have like one of the biggest incentives to protect his whatever it is, how many hundreds of billions in fiat currency? Yeah, probably I a little bit of both. Sense. You know, uh, <laughs> he's also a really old dude that just might not really be with it and can't wrap his brain around the technology. I think that's also a pretty <laughs> reasonable explanation as well. Yeah, I think when your money depends on you not learning something, it's a pretty great incentive not to go learn about it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, speaking about learning, dude, I uh, went down a deep rabbit hole and I finally got to launch my NFT collection, the Zyori Dreadlocks collection. Dude. Super exclusive. We were talking about how 10K is super limited. There are 36 of these bad boys. So I, I wanted to be really careful not to do anything that felt kind of cash grabby. And uh, I think 36 dreadlocks that are representative of my real world actual dreadlocks that I cut off and saved. Um, like I, I've got the real dreads. I took a picture of each one, sent it to the artist, and then the artist made a real render of each dread, like to spec to match it with different you know, lengths and diameters and um, various other properties that we tagged in OpenSea. So to me, it's really like my experiment on a, a founder's token kind of thing. It's like a Zyori yeah. founder's token. One of the, the other, there's 36 of them available. I think there's been like 15 listed for sale and we've sold five so far. So including myself, there's six owners. I'm probably going to give one to the artist um, because it just it just feels kind of right. He's like an honorary member of the of the community. Um, yeah, and, I think now that you've said it, you got to go do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although he gets a percentage of all the dread sales. So it does seem weird uh, yeah. to like pay him I'll to make the dread. And then be like, hey, man, now you should buy one. But at the same time, I know he's doing all right. These dreads ain't cheap. Um, but uh, anyhow, it, it is, it's been a really interesting project. You know, I wrote a little bit of lore, and it's, it's basically like every other NFT collection. It's like a little exclusive club. Uh, the one like utility perk that you get, you get at the VIP badge in the Zyori Twitch stream, if that's something you care about. But what you really get is 30 minutes of talk time with Zyori every six months. Uh, you got to hold the dread for six months before it kicks in. But um, that was the most I was willing to promise without overpromising. And I always like to underpromise and overdeliver um, whenever I can. So I think uh, there's going to be easy ways in the future of like, hey, I'm going to be at this event. If there's any dread holders here, come say hi and I can give you a backstage tour. You know, those sort of things. Like I can't codifiably promise that in any meaningful way, like in a sale that I would would like feel totally clean about, you know, I don't want to pull like a whoop de whoop and like promise 80 hours a week of consulting. And then after right. a month go, sorry guys, I can't handle it. See you later. And just rug the whole thing. Um, so we'll see. I think there's going to be a lot of like extra little perks like that. That'll kind of pop up in the moment, you know, like a little, little extra lounge at AxiCon where the dread holders can hang out or a little meetup or something. So it's a little private shit like that. Mostly yeah. small stuff though. You know, it, it's kind of meme and, uh, I, th I think it's the first time that somebody has minted their hair on the freaking blockchain. So <laughs> I think you're right. I it's a very unique uh, yeah. idea. And I, I do like the the premise that it is not just the, the video of the the dread that's like spinning around, right? Like you you're getting actual um, the ability to get some FaceTime with you. I think that's that's pretty cool. I am a dread holder now. Oh, uh, I, I believe I purchased the thinnest dread in the description. Nice. Um, so yeah, I 
I am now part of the Discord. Uh, it's cool. I, I like having the the little Zyori fan club uh, uh, with the the Mystic Dreads. Uh, I yeah. think yeah. Go go into that concept. Oh yeah. So six of the thirty six, uh, six of them are Mystics, quote unquote. They basically have like a ring or some special trinket in them. They're extra shiny. We're actually going to update the art to make the box say Mystic on them. The uh, the artist ah, is working on rendering those out. Yeah. It was sort of a. Uh, I had it built in, but we didn't quite advertise it that way. But when I talked to a bunch of the Mystic Axie holders about it, their eyes lit up like, bro, I want the shiniest, thickest fucking knot you got, bro. <laughs> Hook it up. So, um, yeah, we're definitely going to hand those up a little bit. Um, nice. But, yeah, I, I think the the thing that I realized is that there is... I've been priced. I didn't know how to price them, so I was gonna do kind of auctions, and then there was like a you know a real life discussion about what they were worth. Somebody tried to auction them off, starting at a hundred ETH per dread, which is a little high. Um, I, I decided to open the first couple at one ETH. Even that, I think, is on the high end. But I, I would rather like. There's only 36 of them. So like I'm okay if they sell slowly over time and we get actual like dread holders that really care. And so far everybody that's bought them are people that I've met in real life. Most of them are Axie fans, so they're somehow involved in the Axie community and they're people that are like, "Yeah, I'm buying this because I believe in you. It might go up in value, but I think this is cool. I think you're cool." And like when you have like a group of 30 people that are all like that, that all have some aligned incentives and like I don't know, just actually care about it and spend an ETH on, on that membership. Um, it's a different kind of community. Like the Zyori Discord I have now is cool, but anybody can just join for free and it's like an open community. And that is amazing and it's scalable and you can grow it, but you very quickly lose that personal connection with like the, fa the 10 founders that I started the Discord with, where it was just the 10 of us all talking to each other all the time. You know, and this is... Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm pretty all in on blockchain and crypto. At this point, for me, there's like no looking back. Even like most of my, I, it, I just, all of my time is focused on this. It's where a lot of my asset, my most valuable asset is my fucking ass, Axie Mystic. You know, I never thought that yeah. that would be a sentence that would come out of my mouth, like just even two or three years ago, looking at that bear market. So, um, yeah. I don't know, man. It, it feels appropriate to have this kind of like founders kind of VIP club that have some aligned incentives and, uh, some of these people have like really, really cool stories. So I'm excited to be able to do like our first Sayori Dread meetup with like just an awesome party of like 20 or 30 really badass crypto nerds. You know, like that's yeah. that sounds awesome to me. I'd love to have that pre-qualified group to like throw ideas by or like work together on or collaborate like shit, man. Let's let's get these dreads in some fucking metaverse action. You know, let's let's go to Centraland. Let's go Jack Sparrow Axie. You know, let's. Yeah, and I, like what I was saying earlier with Board Ape Yacht Club, it's one of these things where the holders of the dreads, they want to see this become a valuable community. So it just like kind of aligns incentives in a really interesting way. I, yeah. I'm I'm into it. I mean, I'm I'm a big Zyori fan. Well, I, I can't appreciate tell. You, I have your book there in the corner. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, oh, I see I, it. I've, yeah. I've been a fan. I was there holding the camera at least once during a uh, was it a Starcraft. Uh, it was like probably a, Starcraft. That was what I was doing back in the day. I, we're IPL, IPL three. Yeah. yeah, that was a League of Legends yeah. and Starcraft tournament. I remember that. Yeah, that was back in your dress days. Before so. Riot rugged that whole scene for poor IPL. They said we're not going to be profitable till IPL five, and then after IPL three, Riot said, "All right, LCS is a thing, and all these third party events are no longer going to have tournament licenses." And they're just like, "Why would you oh. do this to us? Why?" Ah, I remember that so vividly. <laughs> um, but no, man, I. I 
tell people often that you were the guy, like I introduced you as my podcast co-host, but then I quickly follow up with the guy that brought me back from the crypto ledge where I lost all faith. And you were the dude that had those painful hour after hour conversations explaining to me why DeFi at large is not a giant Ponzi scheme and like why it's, and it, I, it, it takes a while, dude. That's why I still empathize with the users that feel like they're bashing their head against the wall because I don't know. There were the first like five hours of us talking about crypto, knowing what I know now, were probably so fucking painful for you. It was unbelievable. But you just be yeah, like, Kevin, no, I mean, <laughs> I've got this wallet. What do I do now? And I plug it no. into my butthole. How come it's not working? <laughs> it's one of these things where, like, no, don't feel that way. <laughs> uh, I think, if anything, you sort of provided me in return the ability to, um, have those conversations with more people because I have those conversations with friends all the time. And most of the time it is a very, uh, like one way, uh, street into a brick wall type conversation. And I think with, with you, you were open to listening. Um, and because you were open into listening, we decided to start a podcast. And now when I am going to start to have a conversation about NFTs, I don't have to have the whole conversation. I can just link the NFTs episode. Uh, and that, <laughs> yeah. that has been very valuable for me. I, I don't think a week goes by where I, I don't just link to various episodes talking about different things. So yeah, it saves nice. me a lot of time. All right. Well, that's oh, good to know. Yeah. I'm glad, buddy. Well, uh, mutual, mutual uh, benefits here. Either way, I'm glad it's worked out. I'm glad we're on this journey together. And I'm glad that so many people can join us as well. You know, we got to meet a couple of our viewers in person. Shout out to Amy. Uh, we saw her. You were on Axie Chat, so you like not even got to pop by, but you're like, your face has now had a real crossover with Axie officially. You're out there, bro. You're, you're for real. And now we got these ENS tokens, dude. Like I'm living the airdrop dream. I just woke up one day and was like, 400 tokens? $60 a token. I don't need to be too smart to do the math on that one. I'm rich. I'm what buying a Tesla. Right now? <laughs> I mean, uh, like, that's it's insane. Yeah, I want to do our next episode about airdrops because it's there's uh, there's a lot to talk about with, with the ENS airdrop. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's not every day you wake up and you, you're airdropped a car. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a lot of pessimists will look at that and be like, oh, this is just proof. It's all scams all the way down. But there's a lot more more to it than that. Yeah, of course, governance is a big part. And I think the theme for this episode is is community, right? This idea that really the backing for a lot of these NFT collections is community. And that's why the price tag is what it is. It's, it's not just art. And that's part of why the right-click save JPEG crowd are so laughable. Because it, <laughs> it's not really about the JPEG. It is a little bit. Right, like we do still care about that hierarchy of mine has lasers and yours has gold and mine has a crown and whatever else, but th those are like cosmetics in Dota, right? We don't come right. for the cosmetics, we come for the gameplay. The analogy here is like we come and we stay for the community, but we still want to have some fun dick waving a little bit over who's got the shiniest, most collectible, rarest golden he's, ape. That's kind of who's got the thinnest dread. Who's got the thinnest dread? Hey, I had a request today for somebody to get whitelisted for the thickest dread. So you're not alone there, man. <laughs> Your head's in the right place. But uh, per usual, Love gang, it. never financial advice here. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere else you'd expect to find a podcast. Kevin, my friend, it's always a pleasure. And we'll be back again this week for our episode on airdrops. So keep an eye out for that right here on the new blocks. Peace.